Hey, everybody. For the fifth week in a row, the music and the timer is not lining up. But, you know, I have faith that one day it's going to happen. Tradition Maybe. is important. I agree. I agree. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Love in the Time of Hydra, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 10th anniversary podcast on this day 10 years ago, Tuesday, October 22nd. A lot was happening in the world. The top movie at the box office that day was Gravity again. Royals by Lord was the number one song for the third week in a row. Thor The Dark World had its premiere in London, and the government was on its sixth day back from being shut down. But the most important thing that happened on this day 10 years ago was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s fifth episode, Girl in the Flower Dress, which aired on ABC 8-7 Central. I'm Jamie Jarek, and I'm here with my co-host, boyfriend, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. novice, Tony Paletto. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jamie. Hi, everybody. Hi, and I am so excited to introduce our guest today, uh, the host of a little podcast called Phase Zero, Jenna Anderson. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so oh. excited to have an avenue to talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is awesome. I know. Oh, I'm so happy, happy you're here. Normally, Jenna, I would like ask Oh, our guests to tell us about their podcast, but I, uh -huh. I think we're technically not allowed to do that. Uh, so, but I will say, I love that this is the third podcast we've done together this week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we went for the hat trick. I love it. Yes. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm so, so happy you're here. Uh, so Jenna, we, we usually kick this off by talking about what we were doing 10 years ago today. Do you know what you were doing? Do you have any idea? I'm going to make you both feel very old. I was a freshman in college. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I was probably going to classes, just uh, being excited about Marvel, talking about Marvel on Tumblr. So yeah. Tumblr. I, I was a few months out of graduating from college and it took me five years uh, to graduate. So, but on this day, time hop is not helping me ever <laughs> since it got rid of Twitter. It oh. is, I have, it's been a bust every week. I know generally I was in a production of Rocky Horror. Uh, I was starting my first big girl job, but this exact day, I don't know, but I, I bet Tony knows what he was doing. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was at this point, let's see, 10 years ago. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, uh, in a laboratory developing a new kind of AstroTurf that was premier for, uh, for sporting leagues and events, uh, sort of ideal buoyancy and, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, it took tread really well. Um, we were, we were in the testing phase of that, uh, 10 years ago today. Wow. Uh, I like can't tell if you're doing a bit or if this is honest. Jenna, unfortunately, it's a bit. And it's a bit that <laughs> I have to deal with now every week. Because I was supposed to be like, wow, I've learned so much new Tony lore since the last time I saw him. This is they, amazing. They are calling it the Tony lore. It's like the Tony lore fan fiction of each week. Oh, God. I've lived a, a, an adventurous life, and I'm sorry if it's blowing your mind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who knew? I live with the man. I had no idea he had such an interesting time together. Um, all right, guys. You know, I got to say, first of all, thank you to everyone who's been listening and posting about Lido. I want to shout out at AOSBR on Instagram for helping to grow our Portuguese audience. That was really cool. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, last week, our chat took a poll. And uh, it was if whether or not we tell Tony something. And it was almost unanimous. Only one person said we shouldn't tell him. But they've decided, Tony, that you need to know that Akila from last week, who you loved so much, is never showing up again. <laughs> I, I never yeah, I figured that was it. And I kind of figured that was it when when because you I heard the rumblings of being like, uh, we're I'm, I'm, we're talking. The fans and I are talking. We're taking a poll about something whether or not to tell you. And I was like. <laughs> I don't think Akila's coming back, man. Because I was so I was so stoked on her, and also in the time you and I watched uh, Buffy and Angel, there would be times where I'd be like, "So like invisible teenage assassins," and you're like, "They don't come back." And I'm like, "Oh, I know." So, I, I I won't always tell you because then you'll know for sure when people do come back, and we don't want to make yeah. that obvious. But this yeah, yeah, one, yeah. it's like that. It's why I don't like that episode because it sets up a really cool character. It does. Uh, so, however, it does. It sets up a cool character, but it takes away the thing that makes her so cool, which is this ocular neuroocular implant. And she's cool without it. But like that was really the thing, you know. Well, sorry to break that news to you, but hi to everybody in the chat. Yeah. Hey, everybody in the chat. Uh, this is a friendly reminder. Tag your spoilers, please. That just means writing spoiler alert uh, before discussing anything that happens on the show after episode five. 
So today we have a guest producer uh, in for Maria, and this is Brooke. And if y'all think that you can just get away with spoilerings because Maria's not here, well, you're wrong because there's uh, there's a lady named Brooke and she is listening and she is the spoiler police. So behave yourself. <laughs> yeah. Be nice to your substitute teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag protect Tony. I no actually pranks. added added something to the rundown. Uh, normally we do not cover news on this podcast. This is not a news podcast, but I, maybe it's just the gen of it all. It inspired okay. me. We do have a little bit of, of news to share. And it's that in two days, Marvel Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, an official timeline is coming out. And they're already grumblings that it's going to confirm <laughs> that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not in the sacred timeline. <sighs> I'm so sorry on your behalf. <laughs> I The only thing I've seen about those rumblings, because it's my weekend and I try not to be on Twitter, is I, I did see a screenshot of, I guess, something Kevin Feige wrote where he's like, uh, after this point, who knows what's going to be canon? And I'm like, oh, the fandom's going to have so much fun with that. But I'm so right. sorry if this breaks your heart and like, decanonizes it. It really doesn't. But here's uh -huh. my thing. I've talked about this a million times without giving any spoilers. There's no way to justify the like the way season five ends being in the sacred timeline. It literally mm. can't be. It, it doesn't make sense but i am sad to know that none of it is because it just means that like colson really is dead <laughs> but we have our we have our own colson and multiverses exist and that's fine to me this i, I don't really carry the way i'm just happy to know but next week we will know for sure because the book will actually be out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that is that bit of news. Moving on. Uh, I want to talk, Jenna, a little bit about, because I can't, I don't actually know your <laughs> history with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I know you've seen some of it, right? But mm -hmm. not all of it. So uh, I I did start watching from the beginning um, because I was very much into the early days of the MCU. Like I said, I was on Tumblr. So it was like any morsel of MCU content. It was like, let me latch onto this. So I, I watched it pretty religiously during my freshman year of college. I, I tried to keep up with it as much as humanly possible in the years after that. Um, the last bit that I can remember watching is the first arc of season four. I will say that. Oh, like from okay. that point onward, I, I've, I know rumblings of what happens. I know mm -hmm. certain things here and there I have been meaning to go back and like I will say re-watching this episode made me like really really want to go back and like appreciate Ooh, this show yeah. more um but so it's like I I know I like because part of it was also I, I I got really into the Arrowverse shows and then I started mm. covering them for my job and they literally had one show like every night for an entire week and so S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of fell through the cracks here and there but what I did watch I did thoroughly enjoy Oh, I respect it. And you know, if you stopped at the halfway through season four, the mm -hmm. second half of season four is the best arc of the series. It's my That's favorite part of the series. Yeah. So like you're, if you, if you did want to jump back in, you're in the right spot, but I also mm -hmm. am pro rewatching everything. Um, I like, there's so much in this episode that I did not remember. Cause I also, I did not watch one through four. I just watched okay. five as its own thing. And so it was like, oh yeah, that's a thing. This is where we started. And so it's like, I, I almost do want to like go back and completely start from the beginning. Cause I, I like, there's so many little details I had forgotten about. The, and if you do that, we can have you on more. Exactly. So, yes. That, that was my thing. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Jenna, I mean, I, I, the people know. People know mm -hmm. you. They know that you are a comics expert. I think I, I feel very comfortable calling you an expert. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Jenna Jenna's the person I go to. It's either Jenna or my friend Brett, who was our second guest uh, on here. The, the, if, if I have a comics question, it's one of them I'm going to. So do you, tell me about, like, do you have any good S.H.I.E.L.D. comics recommendations? Any that you remember really liking? S.H.I.E.L.D. is one of those concepts that I feel like isn't really comic. I don't know. Like, they, they just exist in the comics. There's not really, like, a huge touchstone of, like, oh, this particular run of this particular thing. I, I've liked the ways that they've been used over the years and it's really just more certain characters within them like there's one character jamie that you know that i'm already i already asked to be back on for another episode tied to that character because i really like them so i think it's just the characters that come out of shield is what i like the most out of it cool all right cool. um and then um okay so let's let's do it girl in the flower dress Let's talk about it. So first of all, Girl in the Flower Jess was written by Brent Fletcher, who was a producer on the show from episode two through the end. He wrote 15 episodes, including Love in the Time of Hydra, the episode oh. we named our podcast after, um, yes. and one of, one of my top five favorite episodes, which doesn't happen until the final season. So he is hardcore around the whole time. Um, and then it was directed by Jesse uh, Bachko, uh, who directed 13 episodes, including Love in the Time of Hydra, uh, <laughs> and many of my favorites, 
also the episode that I have a tattoo of they, the Jesse directed. So that's pretty cool. Um, so this episode sees the return of our core six actors and a lot of guest stars. We got Louis, uh, Louis Azawa as uh, Chen Ho Yin, AKA Scorch. Shannon Lucio is back as Dr. Debbie. Austin Nichols as Maya Linden. Ty Ma as Agent Kwan. And best for last, Oscar nominated actor Ruth Nega as Raina, AKA the titular girl in the flower dress. Um, I don't, I'm not going to do a big recap. Here's just a slight, uh, a slight recap. In this episode, a man with pyro abilities gets kidnapped by a mysterious woman who is revealed to be working for Centipede. During their attempt to rescue him, Shield learns one of their own has betrayed them. Uh, Tony, since this was Very your good. first, thank you. Since this was your first time watching it, Tony, what were your initial thoughts? It's okay. Uh, it's, uh, not one of my, not one of my favorites so far. Um, I think my, my biggest thing was, uh, what's the name, what's the name of the character? Well, Scorch, uh, the character that Louis Ozawa plays, uh, is like a bit, um, his plight is a bit wonky. Cause I was just like, what's this guy's deal? He's like, I don't want to be a superhero. I just want people to see how dope I am. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, so you're a bad guy, right? Like it just... I was kind of, I think I, I was supposed to get on his team at, at a certain point and never was able to do that. Uh, but I, it was so wild watching the very first scene where he's doing street magic. And I'm like, fucking know that guy. Who is that guy? Oh, that face. And then I, I looked it up later. He's in Predators, uh, the 2010. Oh, I didn't even do this on purpose. I'm wearing a Predator <laughs> shirt. Holy shit. This is amazing. <laughs> For those of you who are only listening, I'm, I'm wearing my Predator t-shirt as I'm talking about Predator. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's in there and he gets into like a straight up samurai sword fight with the Predator in like a field. And it's actually maybe the most badass scene in the movie. Um, so I recognize him and then Ruth Nega shows up and I'm like, I know. And, and, and I was like, I recognize everybody in this scene. And Jamie goes, Baby, that's Ruth Nega. I was like, I was like, it's like that's Academy Award winning or nominated Ruth Nega. I was like, oh, of course it is. Uh, and so that was really exciting. She's beautiful and really cool and and kind of creepy in this. And and then uh, Ty Ma is in like everything. He's in Arrival. He's in Rush Hour. Like that's a dude that I've just been seeing so much over the years. I'm like always excited to see him in any capacity. Um, so my favorite thing about this episode was the the wealth of of actors that I like that were excited. Fair. Uh, Jenna, I'm. What were your thoughts rewatching this? Uh, do did you and do you remember watching it the first time at all? I remember the Ruth Nega of it all because again, at the height of Tumblr, it was like, oh my god, Ruth Nega. So um, I will also add to the guest star conversation because as Tony started talking, I thought he was going to say a thing and he did not. Um, oh, also I know. In, in that initial scene, because I had to Google it because I was like, is this really the person that I think it is? And Jimmy O. Yang of Silicon Valley and Crazy Rich Asians is one of the people that is watching yes. him perform magic. And I was I like, I recognize that yes. guy too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, so I thought when you were like, I recognize everyone in this scene. I was like, Jimmy O. Yang is going to come up. But I forgot I knew to look that's that what up. was yeah. happening to you. I knew that's what Jenna was going to say. Yeah. I knew it wasn't what Tony was going to say. Because it made me so happy show. that he showed up. Um, I, I honestly... Like, I totally echo what Tony said, but having not rewatched one through four and not having a frame of reference, I will say just like dipping into this episode and being reminded of what S.H.I.E.L.D. was and what the like tone and the pacing of the show was made me really nostalgic because it was like, wow, I, I've missed the days when superhero television kind of took this sort of form and was able to get this weird and get this ambitious and not always mm. stick the landing, but have a lot of fun in the process. Like I, like I said, as someone who has watched way too many hours of like this CW Arrowverse shows, they were not even on this kind of level. So no. this just made me miss. It made me so nostalgic for like the height of like Phase Two MCU era when this show had so much to offer. We do talk cool. a lot about just network television and how you know, but you know that we've talked about that too. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I really like this episode, and part of it is just I love Reina. I love the energy she brings. I love that flirting is her weapon, mm -hmm. and she's so good at it. Uh. She's yeah. just so beautiful. Um. And I also actually, Tony, what you're saying, what you don't like about Scorch, uh, I actually do like. I like that it's unclear because I think that's a major point of shield in this episode you question shield's motives there's a lot about this episode where you're like are shield doing the right thing and we'll talk about that more mm. uh in our like kind of deeper rundown but that's why this episode worked for me also when you do have a character like reyna it's it that i love so much it is fun to you know i have a, con a connection so it's different when you're re-watching it than a first time for sure yeah 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 
definitely. So diving in, uh, the the first thing we got to talk about. So we start in Hong Kong. We meet this street magician who has fire powers, insane. And so we got to talk about Scorch. Now, uh, Scorch is a comics character, but not with the name Chen Ho Yin. It's a different, I looked it up. There's a bunch of different iterations. Uh, uh, before I just spew out these lists of people, Jenna, did Scorch is not in a lot of comics. No, that is very much like an obscure mantle. Like I'm literally looking it up right now because like I'm even kind of rusty on just like the lore of Scorch. But yeah, it is just very much this type of character that like, do you need a name for a pyrokinetic? Like you're probably going to go with Scorch. Mm -hmm. I, I will say so there... Um, so the first Scorch was Tommy Ng, who was introduced in Thrasher number 13 in 94. He had six appearances. Ross Jones debuted in Black Wolf number two in 94. Three appearance, appearances. And then Scorch the Mutant debuted in Bishop, the last X-Men number one. He made 14 appearances. So okay. I feel like he's the definitive, uh, the definitive Scorch. But still, yeah, like Jenna said, I, I it, it's like with um the second ep the third episode where they would just flip through comics and just went close their eyes and kind of picked a name is i think what happened in this this one um tony did you recognize this name from comics at all no i don't know i mean uh yeah i I'm, i've read a lot of comics so i'm not as well read as jenna I, but i i definitely did not know who scorch was but it did seem like somebody like pulled out of obscurity i could i could mm -hmm. you could feel that coming off of it yeah, I do. I uh, want to acknowledge Saprilla in the comments who says sad news did not catch a monkey mention this week. Uh, I yes, that uh, we no no monkey this week. We're still on two. The monkey count uh, for Fitz is is only two, uh, but that's okay. We've got uh, a lot more time to hear monkey references. Um, so all right. He's he's displaying his firepowers in the street. A mysterious girl in a flower dress flirts her way into his house and basically just gets him straight up kidnapped. Well, so, like th th that's one of the funniest parts. I mean, I really laughed when she was like, "Close your eyes," and then she's like, "That'll do." And he opens his eyes. It's like three dudes in hazmat suits. <laughs> those those fucking suits are noisy. Like th those guys. <laughs> I just like imagining those guys like tiptoeing in really carefully so it was not to spook Scorch. I, that that was a great start for me. How, and so, Tony, you know, like Ruth, like, you know, she's you've seen yeah. Loving, which she was nominated yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. She should have been nominated for Passing as well, even though I didn't love that movie. Her performance was insane. It was so good. Um, what were, Did you have like an initial feeling of, of this character? Oh, she's beautiful. I mean, that she's just so striking looking. I was like, gosh, Ruth Negg is gorgeous. Uh, no, I, I she has a. That I she, what I like that they brought back Centipede and and the Extremis and, and it was cool to see that um, the Doctor uh, character from Episode One right that's her mm -hmm. yeah um, so it was cool to see their relationship uh, she's interest uh, uh, Reina is that right mm -hmm. yeah she's yeah. interesting because she's uh, seems like she's just holding on to that last thread of compassion and but she's uh, she's mostly just. Uh, weaponizing her guiles and 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 doing all this uh twisted stuff to people so she's 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 creepy she's spooky she's very uh capable and uh and seductive i would probably submit myself to experimentation <laughs> if she wanted me to me too 100 yeah. percent. honestly yeah. okay great all right we're all on the same across page. the board yeah i think that's a poll uh who would submit <laughs> themselves to experimentation at ruth nega's hand <laughs> all right jenna you all, all this Raina introduction for you coming back to it what were your thoughts here I, I I echo what Tony said I think it's a very good almost like kind of like network tv version of film noir kind of thing of like when you literally yeah. name the episode after her it's just this kind of thing of like she's like a temptress you don't know what to expect from her and I, I liked the arc that we went on across the episode with her of just like like Tony said kind of using her sexuality and her like place in this world for like to kind of manipulate people and lead them down a path that isn't accurate at all I think she's the perfect kind of person to fit into that sort of role but it also mm. at the time was such an unexpected choice that it's just like amazing that she's even on the show i love the film noir comparison because you're totally right she's just yeah even classic girl in flower dress is like a sounds like a film noir yeah yeah Ooh, oh i love it uh so all right so this happens and then this is a big episode for sky we've got a lot of sky to talk about sky is finally mm -hmm. fitting in she's playing battleship with ward and then this was really funny because as soon as she goes and meets up with this rising tide guy i wrote uh-oh in my notes and then tony goes out loud uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> they started smooching and i said uh-oh right as danny was writing it 
Because <laughs> so she has this little boyfriend who's a member of the Rising Time, and he helps Centipede find Scorch for money. Not nice. So first, I just want to say before we really get into this, uh, I love how she gets caught because May is behind the door holding her shirt. So Jenna, I'll take this one to you. Do you think May was like listening to them have sex? <laughs> You think she was in the room? I think she gave them a little privacy. I don't know. I I also just love how horny this episode is. Like just between that, and I know you have it in the notes, but like I I loved your little bit about Phil, like Phil and Melinda, and just like oh, do people really ship them? And like this episode did lay that down pretty thickly, and it is kind of great. I don't because even just like Sky's boyfriend, the way that he's talking about like we can run away together, be in a fancy hotel room, it was just like oh, this is just so nice. It's like gonna go so badly, but it's so nice to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, May is, it's not like she's like has her ear against the door. I feel like she's sitting as far back as she can with a magazine. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> that was a fun eight minutes. Let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> oh boy, eight minutes. Poor guy. Uh, uh, cool. um, yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought that that was really funny, but like, it, it's also just Sky is getting on my nerves a little bit, which she's been known to do like I'm and I'm not even talking about betrayal or being duplicitous because all of those reasons and motives have have substance to them it's that of course you were followed like the fuck are you thinking like it's this surprise to see Melinda May on the other side of that door and I'm like and it's it's she's just keeps thinking she's ahead of the curve and it's so obvious she isn't and so I'm annoyed with her surprise <laughs> That's fair. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I am glad though, that all of Sky's shit is already laid out. Like uh, I just, mm -hmm. we, we knew from the beginning that she was in contact with somebody and it was just, let's get this out of the way. Cause I, I secrets are annoying and there are so many good layers. Like Ward is clearly jealous. I love that Fitz's feelings are her, but then uh -huh. Gemma's sympathetic because Gemma gets it. She's a girl too. Um, yeah. so I, so Tony having, you know, you're, you're in your sky back and forth are you glad that the, it's uh, we're gonna talk about the scene with colson later uh because like okay. but but just for for now how, what were you thinking were you surprised it happened so quick that that she got caught no <laughs> like of course she got <laughs> caught like it just seems so obvious to me like it's shield like you slipping out the back door on shield no you're not they know where you are like especially you've already been established as a as a suspect and Ward pissed me off again because he's, you know, the one thing I'm holding on to Ward, like the thing that like is like makes him worthwhile as a character is he's very capable and good at his job. And then he's tailing a dude and just straight up looks at him like I'm tailing your ass. And he's like, oh, I've been made. I'm like, yeah, you've been made, you moron. Like, what are you doing? Um, anyway, this isn't this isn't about Agent Ward. It's never about Agent Ward. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I I'm, I'm not like flipping on on sky she just i'm 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 back and forth on on her mm -hmm. jenna were you because I, I find that a lot of people did not like sky from the beginning um it, i it took me a while to grow on sky as well do you remember your feelings about her from the beginning i i definitely it did take a couple of episodes i remember mm -hmm. to like really warm up to her but i think it is this thing of like her ostensibly being the audience proxy helps a lot especially at that time in the show um sure. I do agree about the whole thing of like, she should have known that she was going to be made, but I, I do think that it is nice this far, five episodes into the show to already reveal those kinds of secrets and kind of like get the ball rolling in that regard. Like just mm. genuinely asking, not having rewatched how much time has passed, like that she's been with shield. Cause like, should she have suspected that they would have tailed her and like suspected that she would get made that quickly? Or has she been with them for like two weeks? She my guess, been. my guess is at this point, it's probably been like real time almost like, okay. like what five, a month, two months. That's my guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Feels yeah. right. Yeah. Um, all right. So Jenna brought it up and this was, this was next to my notes because Tony learned about the Felinda shippers last week. And based mm -hmm. on last week's episode, I literally said, I was like, there is nothing romantic about them. But then this episode, May was like, we could go a few rounds on the mat, like the old days. Yep. And oh, then I picked up on that. Uh, and then uh, later they have like a little flirty, I, I mean, it wasn't really flirty, but Coulson's talking about, you know, Loki's staff going through his heart and she jokes through the brain. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's borderline flirting, but especially the Matt thing. That was like uh, the first four episodes. I don't see it, but this episode I did raise an eyebrow. 
I, mean, I, I can imagine it, you know, I, I, I lost my it. mind at that moment. Cause I forgot that dialogue completely. And like that whole kind of part of their dynamic, but like as somebody who like reads a lot of green arrow and black canary comics, like using like Taekwondo and martial arts as like a metaphor for that happens oh, yeah. very often. And so the second that that line came out, I was like, yes, this is amazing. We are so back. Like I, I love a show like this where you can have those two characters and you've only really known them together for five episodes, but you can kind of see like the, the nuggets of that chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny that of me, like last episode, you know, you, me, and uh, we, we all poo pooed that, that idea. Uh, and then this one, I'm like, Oh no, they've had sex with each other. That's, that, <laughs> that has happened. It's been a minute, but that happened. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, uh, has it, I don't know. I really don't. I think, they, I think um, it, I like... probably like seven or eight years ago. They, 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 they totally did. Yeah. I would honestly go further. I, <laughs> okay. I would say like 15. Wow. Like, like like day one academy at a party you're just me it's like when you're adding everybody like facebook wouldn't have existed that you're adding everybody you meet on facebook and then like the next day you're like oh fuck i don't know any of these people and now we're facebook <laughs> i'm sorry um, i don't think jenna can keep up see she was in freshman year of college uh just about <laughs> 10 years ago so we're talking a little over her head i hope oh, jenna oh god this go is on. a great question for you uh -huh. did you ever use Flickr? Oh, I forgot about that name. Oh, God. I like I remember it being a thing. I don't know if I used it. I just remember it existing. I don't know. I had a Facebook in middle school, like early mm -hmm. high school. So I, I was I was well on Facebook at that point and definitely had the thing where I graduated high school. And I'm like, why am I friends with all of these people still? I don't yeah. care about them. So I keep it just to have birthdays. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, I don't remember who half these people oh, are. Me too. I'm, at, yeah. I'm at a college party and I don't yeah. I yep. one time. Uh, but last week's episode referenced Flickr and we and we thought that was hilarious. I I love the Minecraft reference in this episode. Yes. Like, obviously, Minecraft is still a thing, obviously, still to this day. But just like mm -hmm. in in this time, it's like, oh, that was such a like microcosm of just being a gamer and being like a specific kind of like guy gamer. It was like that was just a nice little thing. And it's you mm -hmm. that Fitzsimmons knows like yeah. knows about like they know the deets. Yeah, uh, yeah. super yeah. super cute. Okay, he got scared so when he said demon pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, we, we meet Agent Kwan, and this is where we learn about the Index. And this is kind of what I was saying earlier. The Index, to me, doesn't sound like a good thing. Like, registering people with powers. Well, they they reference this thing called the Power Protocols, which so which sounds very much like a pre, like something lead, that would lead into Sokovia Accords. Like, mm -hmm. and I was like, Power Protocols, that could be pretty shady. I feel like there's a lot of clauses in there that are pretty much an invasion of privacy and behavior and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, Jenna, were you feeling like she was being shady in this episode? Oh, absolutely. Like, can we can we spoil the movies? Like, can I can I reference something from the movies? Yeah, movies are because because like fine. the there's the scene in Winter Soldier where they they get the one guy on the roof and he says like we've been tailing all these people. That's where we like name drop Stephen Strange for the first time in the universe. That mm -hmm. it gave me those vibes of like just keeping an eye on all of these people. And like Tony said, it's totally this precursor to what we eventually got to in Civil War. So I was like, oh wow, we were seeding that so much earlier than I had expected. Mm -hmm. yeah. In this yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I also, I'm, I'm going to pose this question. I'm going to pose it to you first, Jenna. So when Raina is trying to sell the name Scorch, she goes, ever heard of Steve Rogers? No, but Captain America is on the news. Okay. I'm sorry. First of all, the Battle of New York just happened. And I feel like everyone knows Steve Rogers' names. Even if it didn't happen, I feel like he was really famous in the 40s to the point where you would know the name Steve Rogers. I, I need to know if you had a reaction to this, Jenna. I, I definitely can see that angle of it. I did not think about that at all. I do think that like that, that whole speech was such an interesting like time capsule of where the MCU was in its early days and like how they viewed superheroism as like this novelty still. So I loved it purely for that. Cause it was like, wow, we've strayed so far away from that with where we are at now in the MCU. But like the, yeah, now that you mention it, it's like, they, they would have known Steve Rogers. They would have known Captain America. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but but I do like that point because it is it is a time capsule where like it'd be so silly to hear somebody say that now. So maybe that's why it stood out to me. Yeah. But I do think that 
that after the Battle of New York, you would know all those people's names. Mm-hmm. I also, because, like, when, when Tony was talking about, like, oh, Scorch just wants to be, like, well-known. He wants to, like, people to think his magic is cool. It's like, that that feels, like, so reflective of just how celebrity culture and internet culture was at that time. And so it's like, mm. I like how we intersected that with being a superhero of, like, it's the equivalent of just going viral on, like, Vine or whatever. It's like the, the version of that <laughs> yeah. is just being a superhero with a name and everything. Yeah. Tony, did you clock that at all? the steve rogers business here yeah did that bother you oh yeah i thought it was weird i was like okay well i mean he's he's in he lives in taiwan so maybe but i but no like it's i feel he captain america yeah that's what people call him but he's always called himself steve rogers you know like so i feel like it's pretty well well known i feel like everybody knows who steve rogers is they could have done better on that one yeah. yeah. Steve Rogers. <laughs> uh, Steve are Rogers. We, yes. We are going to take uh, a quick one minute break. So if you are watching uh, and you need to run to the restroom or fill up your drink, uh, Brooke, send us away for a quick one minute. And we are back. Thank you all for for uh, for taking that break with us. We are here with an amazing guest, Jenna Anderson. We are talking about Girl in the Full Hour Dress, the fifth episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So let's keep on moving along. In the episode, we eventually find out that Reyna is working with Centipede. So the doctor from episode one comes back. Extremis is mentioned by name. I can't remember if they actually name dropped Extremis in the first episode, uh, but they I, they do. Okay. Um, we know that there's something in Scorch's blood that is making this work. Uh, I one, I really love that they tie this back in with, with episode one. Um, Tony, were, were, how did you feel about that? This connect, we're connecting. And what do you think is going on with Scorch? What do you mean? What do I think is going on with Scorch? You, well, in terms, in of, terms his... of what, why, why is he, why does the Extremis work on him? Oh, right. Um, yeah, I, I guess so when Extremis goes awry, it like burns you up and you, you know, become essentially a human bomb. Uh, almost happened to J. August Richards. They saved him in the nick of time. Uh, happened to a lot of people in Iron Man 3. So like, uh, I guess because of whatever they said, they described his, uh, the cells in his body having some sort of special quality that uh, made him, a, 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 made him able to sustain uh the treatment of it. So that's what I, that's what I thought was going on with him. Um, I thought it was, I, first of all, I think his fire effects, especially when he gets the upgrade, when they enhance him a little bit, like creates this little fire cyclone in his hand, looks pretty damn good. I mean, good, good quality effects there. Nice. Happy to see it. Um, 
yeah, I was happy to see Centipede back uh, so quickly because, I mean, I think I commented in, I don't remember if it was episode three or four, that I was just really digging how much foundational work that the show is doing uh, so early on. They're setting up a lot of stuff. And so glad to see that that one's paying off as quickly as it is. Uh, pretty interesting organization that now, I mean, the only face of it is uh, Ruth Nega and this and this one guy in prison and then men mention of somebody else. I'm sure we'll talk about soon. Uh, Jenna, I'm not going to ask you what you predict because you already know <laughs> what's going on here. Um, but did you remember Centipede? No, honestly, like completely memory hold that entire thing. <laughs> so it was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of the stakes of this season. Um, and it made me kind of excited to, like I said, rewatch more of the season and kind of dive into it a little bit more. Because I think week to week, I wasn't really retaining all of it. I do think it's funny just like now being where we are at now in the MCU and rewatching this in the year 2023 and just seeing how many attempts at the Super Soldier program there were when you really <laughs> break it down. It's like, it this up, is just guys. yet another one that adds to, you know, Isaiah Bradley and Red Guardian and all of these other ones. It's like, wow, we we really were trying to make that happen and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Stop it's, trying it's to make it happen. <laughs> One crazy thing about this episode is so many people die and yeah. brutally. Agent yeah. Kwan gets his whole stomach blown out with a fireball. It's really dark. And then, yeah. uh, you know, Scorch doesn't make it in the end. They have to sacrifice him because he just has, he went too far. The doctor burns up. It is, it is everyone's burning up. And I, yeah, it's, I it's, up. it's getting dark. Raina, the doctor, Raina had those doors closed and she was like, mm -hmm. bye bitch. I'm that done. Was so good. That was yeah. amazing. So <laughs> uh, Jenna, did you remember things being kind of so brutal? No, but I will say, cause I'm also like, I, I've been watching Smallville for the first time over the past like couple of years. And so I, I'm like towards the end of season eight and just like that show on itself is like very violent as well. Like there is a lot of death and a lot of like crazy mm. deaths in that show. And so like watching this concurrently in the span of a couple of days was like, wow, yeah, there is just like, we used to really go there. And now it's like in superhero TV, it's like every death is a fake out or like doesn't matter or gets retconned. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 there was a body count in this episode and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Tony, were you surprised by that, but also like disappointed? Cause I feel like you were excited by some of these people and then like, oh no, yeah, a ball of ash. Yeah, Ty Ma I would have liked to have seen around. He's a cool dude. Uh, and like, yeah, it's not, he's the Hong Kong Colson. So that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, so I was kind of bummed to see him go, but I'm also was kind of glad to see, uh, uh scorch bite the dust i don't i don't need that guy to keep knocking around i mean maybe it would be cool if you've got like a loose cannon villain out there but like his whole like i need attention fight was like really annoying to me so i was like yeah it's you should be you should probably be blown up uh that makes sense i don't know Tony, we live in la like we we know like we're used to that kind of energy <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, I, there's a few people who could be burnt up in this city yeah <laughs> Salty Shield Stan uh, uh, dropping some trivia that she was originally going to be killed off in episode one. Uh, but I, I like that they saved it because it's I like when you bring a character back and then, oh, they die. Because like, yeah. even though it's it's like this bitch doctor who you're supposed to hate because she's screwed with my boy J. August Richards. Like, it's still like, oh, anybody can go, you know, and I, I like that feeling. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. So, OK, so Sky. Uh, you know, we're talking about liking Sky, and I will say this final scene with Coulson is a, is a first big moment for me where I, I really love Sky and feel for Sky. Watching it for what the 10th, 11th time, I teared up watching this scene. I, I really think uh, it's, it's, you know, first of all, on her way to the office, Warden May giving her the brush off is so brutal, like rude, mm. like, but she deserves it. And it's just like, and then Coulson goes full dad mode. And Sky finally admits that she's, she's looking into herself. It all comes down to, she wants to know who she is. And it came to a redacted shield file, which is one very interesting, very curious to see what that's about. But also just like the emotions of that scene where it's she really thinks she's going to be kicked off and and Coulson and Coulson wants to help her. And he just gives her a bracelet and like, you're, you're restrained, but we're not kicking you out of here. Mm -hmm. um, so, Tony, thoughts on the scene? Thoughts on how Coulson handled it? Yeah, I mean, Coulson's my favorite. Like, he just he's always going to the brink for people. You know, he's he keeps, you know, for being he, he's. 
he's that element in this show that is that shows you sky cannot be completely right about this being an evil black hat you know organization he is such a compassionate dude i just like how many times he's he's willing to take a risk uh because he believes in the better nature of, of somebody uh it's, he's done it like in almost every episode so far and i really i really like him for that and i thought that uh uh sky's scene was really really lovely it was a it was a powerful scene and you know i'm just thinking back to when we had jake on uh for episode two and him being like there's more to this girl i want to know more about uh sky i want to know about her history i'm like i hope jake's still watching because it's popping off yeah yeah Jenna, thoughts on this scene? I I love the the narrative device of just like, oh, my parents and looking for my parents and looking into my own history and just having that tie directly into S.H.I.E.L.D. and having it be this thing where it's like she didn't ask for these circumstances, but she's kind of just exploring them and then it's backfiring on her up until this point. I think that that, like I'm seeing people in the chat say like that is kind of the moment that crystallized that they really liked her in the show. And I'm, I'm glad that they put that this early on in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and like Tony said, like it's such a good showcase of just both of those characters and of Coulson as a character. Like it's just such a good scene. Yeah, I do want to say not everybody though. Some are saying it took them longer, and that's good. But the the point is, you come around eventually. Mm-hmm. I, I know I have one friend who loves the show. We met through the fandom, and when she heard that Tony like didn't like Sky, I was like, it's episode one. You you <laughs> have had a lot of time with this woman. Like, you know, give the give the man some time to change his mind. Like he, you know, I watched him do this for all of Buffy and Angel. He's gonna change his mind on people, and that's awesome. That's what that's the point of this. Uh yeah. okay, so end credit scene. Uh my favorite thing about the show is that they are leaning into the MCU and they always have an end credit scene. And uh so Raina goes to talk to this creepy dude who's in a jail. She says that Shield has a has has been a problem and mentioned someone called the clairvoyant. Could this be mm. our big bad? I don't know. You don't, um, huh? Yeah, I sure don't. Um, <laughs> Jenna, without without obviously giving it away, do you know who the clairvoyant is? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, I did have to I did have to Google it while rewatching this episode <laughs> because it has been some time since I had mm-hmm. heard that name. But as soon as I Googled it, I was like, oh yes. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, do you have any uh, thoughts on this scene? What what it means? Who who is this man in jail? I uh, I I recognize that actor too. I meant to look him up, but uh, I could. Uh, it's funny. What was like two episodes ago? One episode ago, they were like clairvoyance doesn't exist or whatever. Uh, they were in reference to uh, my girl Akila, who we'll never see again. Um, <laughs> they were they were like, how does she able to do this? Is she clairvoyance? And Fitzsimmons was like, no, that's not real. And we were outraged by that because what's real in this world at this point? I mean, who knows? Uh, so it is it is cool that uh, we've got a name drop like that. Um, my interest is peaked. Uh, I I want to know more. I mean, this uh, this centipede thing's going uh, going pretty deep. Uh, so I'm I'm curious. We love sprinkles of a big bad. That's the classic mm-hmm. thing of a network show. And I'm not saying it even is, but it sure sounds like it could be. Who uh, knows you know? is the thing. <laughs> No one in this show, that's for sure. Nope. We're right and blind. Um, all right, so I'm I'm gonna drop some uh, some interesting history about this episode on you guys. Um, so first of all, this episode was originally supposed to take place or start in Japan, and Scorch was gonna be Japanese, but LA's little Tokyo didn't work. They like scoped it out, and it just didn't it didn't work for the filming. So they changed it to Hong Kong and filmed it in LA's Chinatown. But uh, Louis Sazawa, he's American, but his parents are Japanese and Taiwanese. He was cast partly because he speaks Japanese, but they changed it to Hong Kong, so he had to relearn all the lines in Cantonese phonetically. Like, I hope he got a little extra money for that. But I do want you all to know, if you don't know, that Ming-Na Wen speaks both Cantonese and Mandarin fluently. So I, yeah, I like that does. they let her, they're like, yeah, she she's a spy and she can do this let's let's have her you know speak the language um so i think that's really interesting that they that they were like well it's just gonna be china now <laughs> yeah the whole thing, it's the like whole that thing red about, dawn thing 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. The whole thing about having to like relearn another language is just reminding me of like in the crank movies. I think it was in the second one where they just had the actors who were playing like the generic like Yakuza mobsters speak whatever language they were fluent in, regardless of whether or not it was the same language. And then they just subtitled it under the same thing. It was a stylistic (laughs) choice and it fits like the gonzo nature of the movie. But it just like adds this extra bit of lore that is like this is just so wild. That's funny. That's like (laughs) Sasha Baron Cohen speaking Hebrew in (laughs) Borat. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, they don't know because they're Americans and they're stupid. Yeah, got them. <laughs> That's exactly. Um, and then a magician, Gregory Wilson, was brought in to help Azawa with the hand movements, which I love. <laughs> um, I, I yes, uh, go for it, do it to the T, do it right. I hope a magician was watching this episode and was like, "Wow, I'm really feeling it." <laughs> Take yeah. me to the magic. That guy castle. took two weeks of lessons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that if that noticed. Um, so the episode filmed for, was filmed from August 30th to September 11th, less than two weeks. I will it will never not blow my mind how quickly these, yeah. they make these episodes. Um, and then um, so the fire effects are really cool. And I'm just gonna like read you a, a tidbit because and it's so special effects supervisor Dari Amico lit a boulder attached to a zip line on fire to simulate the fireballs, which allowed VFX supervisor Mark Kolpak to composite the content together and enhance oh. it further with additional digital fire simulations. And I think the fire looks really good. It does. That is a really cool detail of like how they made that. I would, I never would have guessed. I really like that. Yeah. Right. The boulder, the zip line. Um, One day we're going to get, you know, it it could be what, what is it supposed to be? Jenna, Jamie, 2025, a fantastic four movie. I'm I'm really (laughs) feeling good about, about our boy human torch and like him at the very least is going to look rad. If that fire Mm. can look so rad in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, On network TV. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I was waiting for one of you to say, I think you're just here for the zip line. <laughs> I know. I was yeah, I was <laughs> resisting the urge. <laughs> if it was going to come from someone, it'd be one of you two. Uh, but I had to say I was say like, it. it's always the thing with, I think you should leave references of like, if I just say this and someone does, like neither person gets it, I'm going to sound crazy. So it's like, I will just like keep it to myself. It's a cult. Thank you. It's a total yeah. cult. The, 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 I think you should leave cult. And I'm, and I'm a member. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'm a casual passerby. Where it's like, yeah, oh, you it's are. on. I'm watching. You, you go on like Christmas and Easter basically exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh this is where we ask some some tony ep- some questions for tony um and the first is where would you rank this episode tony oh boy i should really start putting some thought into that uh, mm-hmm. uh maybe yeah. second to last or last um i guess you know, close to the, I think the first episode and this episode are my, are my lowest rated uh, among the first five. Mm -hmm. And um, did, did your opinions on anybody change this time around? I feel like, well, no, I thought, yeah, you know, skies gets on my nerves, but I really did think that it was a lovely moment. And I'm, you know, I, I have empathy for her. I hope she, uh, and I'm glad Colson's going to help her, uh, you know, Ward's Ward and, you know, Fitzsimmons are adorable. Like, yeah, no, no, no major changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are adorable. Uh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, anything else you want to say before we kick you out and Jen and I can talk uh, girl time? <laughs> there is actually one thing I want to say. Uh, there is an amazing scene in there where you know they they're extracting the uh, the blood his blood cells uh, scorched. They're taking his cells out, and so now when he does the fire thing, it like literally harms him. It burns his skin. And I had a little inside myself laugh about that because it reminded me so much of uh, a season one episode of Venture Brothers where uh, the, the team Venture goes to like a knockoff Fantastic Four like gr- crew and like the Human Torch is the Human Torch. But the problem is, is that like every time he catches on fire, it hurts like hell. So like <laughs> he's, they keep him, they keep him in like a little locked thing. And then like, they like, oh, what's this? And they open it and he goes, <laughs> he's like, oh God, like, just like on fire and in extreme pain when I was like, that is a hilarious take on the Human Torch. And uh, that's pretty much what our boy Scorch was going through at that time. And it made me laugh. That's that's good. I do. One of my favorite lines in like all of Marvel history is in the first X-Men when she asks if 
if it hurts and he says every time when his <laughs> claws come out like because i think about it every every he's in what 15 fucking movies and every yeah. time his his claws come out i go oh he's hurting see but <laughs> i love that line because i also juxtapose it in my brain with there's a gift from x-men the animated series where he like he gets out his claws to slice a loaf of bread and so it's like does it hurt every time it's like yes it hurts in the most innocuous instances of him using his claws too it just makes it oh, so great that's great oh i love that all right um let's say some tony goodbyes um yeah first of all uh tony you want to give some thank yous yeah absolutely so thank you to stephanie at, at eclectic muses on socials for doing our awesome artwork and thank you ryan mira uh, for doing our music you can find him at yellow pills music on insta and uh thank you to our stand-in producer uh you know maria is gone uh but we will see her back next week so thank you and thank you to Jenna for being an awesome guest. And I hope you keep the the episodes rolling and you can come back on with us. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, and I will announce that next week we have our next guest, BJ Colangelo, writer and editor of Slash Film and host of This Ends at Prom. And for those of you who are leaving the room with Tony, don't forget to follow us on social media, at LidoPod on Instagram and Twitter. From there, you can check out our link tree where it will take you anywhere you want to go and uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. Leave us those five-star reviews. Leave us questions. We'd love to answer them. Jenna, where can the people find you on social media? At Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. Perfect. Beautiful. Love it. And there you can find out all about Jenna's podcast that she does. I hear it's a really good <laughs> podcast. Um, I know. I had to resist myself from doing the outro that I do every <laughs> single week on the other podcast. <laughs> all right, Tony. Uh, we'll see you later. Uh, okay. Brooke, bye, guys. Tony out Thanks. now. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. All right. Hi, Jenna. Hi. All is right. There, so, is there a time where you worry that he's like still backstage and can hear you? Well, so a couple weeks ago, he accidentally like his headphones were still in and like, oh, and then no. he took them out and then the computer noise. So he was like plugging his ears because he oh, doesn't no. want spoilers. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, but he usually goes out and he smokes. And then, and then by the time <laughs> we're done, I holler and I'm just like, Tony, come back. <laughs> and then he comes in and he says goodbye to our guest. That's oh, how, that's the behind the scenes uh, a drama. So I'm not, I'm going to keep spoilers past not beyond what you've seen because I don't so want to I will say yet. I do know mm. some details like I okay. know fleet I know Sky's endgame I'm like mm. I'm still gonna call her Sky because it is, it is kind of like you, you we had talked about that before of like trying to not flub that it is easy at this point in the show to still refer mm -hmm. to her as Sky yeah. but yeah I like I know her endgame I know bits and pieces of what happens after when I stopped watching I just don't know like the broad strokes mm. of where that her ends up her endgame is one of my favorite things that happens and mm -hmm. Tony and I uh, eventually we're gonna like start a Patreon and we're gonna mm -hmm. we will watch Agent Carter because he has nice. to see Agent Carter yeah. but you know eventually yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay so a couple things I wrote down that were spoileries just just in general Fitz is so cute and dopey and it just blows my mind the journey he goes on he has one of my favorite character arcs and mm -hmm. you're not even you haven't really gotten to the meat of that like it's really the second half of season four where Fitz okay. be like Whoa. I will say the way that Tony feels about Sky is how I felt about Fitz for the longest time. I like, and I say that like I, I don't know. It's just that thing of like the neurotic, like dorky guy character can always be kind of hit or miss for me, like across okay. the shows. So it was this thing like there were moments where I really enjoyed him and moments where I didn't. But I, I have Ooh. heard that his art gets significantly better. I even felt that way of like how your journey goes with Gemma because like that episode Ooh. that she gets where it's just her solo episode, it still mm. lives rent free in my brain. Like that is just an incredible, incredible piece of television. So like just seeing all of them be babies and know where they're going to end up is just crazy yeah that episode i believe was directed by jesse bacco who drew nice. bacco I, I hate saying names i box them every time who directed this um but everyone everyone in the comments are like fitz is my favorite fitz is the goat I, and i totally understand yeah. why it yeah. was just like for some reason it was a personal preference like when i started when i was watching the show at the time this is a safe space we're yeah. allowed to uh um fitz was my favorite character until season five and then mm -hmm. Deke came around and I said, sorry, Fitz, you're not a fair character anymore. It's this guy. <laughs> um, so uh, I think one thing I want to mention is Miles, this boyfriend. This is the only time we see him. Um, and somebody in the comments, I, I'm sorry I didn't catch your name earlier, but mentioned that that was Chloe Bennett's real life boyfriend at the time. Huh. Um, interesting. That, I mean, we could get into Chloe Bennett's romantic history, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I feel like this guy really lays the groundwork for Link Lincoln, and that is not a compliment. I've said it before. I do not like Lincoln. I think he's very obnoxious, and season three is my least favorite season, and it's not because of him, uh, but he doesn't help. <laughs> From what I vaguely remember of that mm. and that romance, like I, I don't disagree. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's like uh, she just she has a type, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, until she doesn't, and it just if only she could have dated a few girls in there, it would have been so. Oh much my better. god! Yes, I know. <laughs> we all we we just wanted. Okay, okay. So you know that Bill Paxton is showing up. Yes, that's and what that, I mean. Like when I said, like yeah. I had to Google him. It's like as soon as I saw that headshot, I'm like, oh yes, this is where we're headed. And even just like knowing, like I said, of just watching everyone be babies in this episode and knowing where they're mm-hmm. headed, even knowing now the ward twist is so interesting. Of like it it shapes every single time he is on screen for me and like now knowing like i said the clairvoyant and bill and everything is just like yes this is awesome like the fact that they could pull this up at the time yes and um i tony i'm just i'm so glad that happens like soon uh-huh. or at least within the next six months of our lives that like because yeah. i don't know if i could like go years with <laughs> not talking about ward uh-huh. so, um, but also like there's no bigger actor on this show than mm-hmm. bill paxton like there's yeah. nobody bigger than that and tony's yeah. gonna lose his mind i was I gonna have, say like yeah. yeah the fact that he has no idea mm-hmm. is amazing <laughs> there has been a point in our history where i've told him but he's okay. definitely forgotten okay. he's gonna be shocked like i like because the, there used to be a thing where it's like oh you know where that actor's from agents mm-hmm. of shield and and he's like oh but like he forgets and this actually this week i cannot remember what we were watching but somebody came on the screen and i almost went oh they're agents of shield but i realized no i have to i can't do that anymore oh. i had to stop myself <laughs> and now i can't even remember what it was so that's probably uh-huh. for the best um a, a interesting thing is that originally the final scene uh, was actually Raina supposed to be meeting Ian Quinn. I don't know if you remember Ian. Um, he's kind of like the douchey rich guy who he's introduced in the third episode, I think. Um, but they they decided that they didn't want it to reveal too soon that he was a part of Centipede. So, but like, uh, and it's funny that you're not remembering him because when Brett was on, he talked about how, because Ian is only in the first season and then he shows up in a, in like a little end in an end scene uh in season five as a cameo and we're talking about how like by the time we get to season five we're not gonna remember who that is (laughs) it's but he's with reyna so then you're like reyna hell yeah Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love that aspect of network TV and like network mm-hmm. superhero TV so much of just like the just the long game and being able to play that again with like Smallville and the Arrowverse and everything just that when you get to have those moments like that of like this character suddenly matters again like five six years later it's just always so cool yeah well and that's why like uh Graviton uh like Tony thinks he's gonna be the same guy that like played him in episode like three but that actor is mm-hmm. never gonna come back but then like <laughs> There, I don't want to, you haven't really gotten there, but like the, the concept will come back, mm-hmm. but like it, it's not the same. Uh-huh. So it's like, I'm, I'm just like buying my time and in five years he'll get that payoff. <laughs> and like, that's amazing. But it's also like, okay, I just have to sit here and be quiet. <laughs> it's hard to be quiet. I am in awe of the fact that you are doing this in real time because it's like <laughs> I I would not have the patience at all because like I said even like Chris my my fiance showing me Smallville it's like there have been things he has had to bite his tongue to not tell me and it's like because he remembers it's a thing that I'm gonna watch in an episode because we're binge watching it and I'll watch it like three weeks from now and it's like if he had to wait that long he mm-hmm. would go crazy so I commend you for doing it this way. If we didn't do Buffy and Angel as like a like a little starter, uh huh, um, then it would be like that was even it was the same thing. We binged it, so it only took a year and a half to watch yeah. all of it. But it was it helped us both in terms mm-hmm. of how to prepare for this podcast. Uh, but yeah, it can it can be difficult. <laughs> um, but any Jenna, any other thoughts about this? Any any anything at all? Like I said, this made me so nostalgic for mm-hmm. just the, the like the way that Marvel was at that point in time and like how how we almost took it for granted to a certain extent. And it just kind of made me realize like and I know you'll you bang this drum until the cows come home of just like how much we took shield for granted as a concept mm-hmm. and as a show and like the what they were able to pull off what they were able to do even like I said I don't know the specifics of the later seasons but I know some things here and there like the fact that they were able to be this kind of show and feature this much and dive into this much weird Marvel lore is still just insane to me yes uh, I, I love hearing that I'm so glad you came on I hope that you keep watching and, and get mm-hmm. past where you did before so you can come I want to say thank you to everyone in the chat it was really awesome I think I think Jenna helped grow our chat a little this week oh. so that was cool I awesome. do want to say um we haven't been that diligent it what we really did go substitute teacher this week but a <laughs> lot of you are mentioning Tony's gone whatever but mm-hmm. a lot of you are mentioning characters that haven't shown up yet in the future <laughs> just make sure when you talk anything about any names or people just write spoiler alert ahead 
ahead of it, just in case, because we want it to be a safe space in the chat for people, uh, not just Tony. We want newcomers to come as well. But right now we're in the Tony Leaves the Room segment, so it's kind of a fair game anyway. Um, so thank you again to Jenna. Thank you so much, Brooke, for standing in for Maria. We really appreciate it. Uh, tune in next Sunday, uh, October 29th, for the sixth episode of Agents of Shield FZZT, which is might be my favorite episode of the season. If not, it's one of my favorite. It's so good. I'm so excited. If, if this show, if you've been on the fence, but you're still like trugging along with us, I swear next week's episode is the one. It is so freaking good. So join us live on YouTube and Twitch once again at 5 p.m. PT. And if you cannot make the live stream, the episode will be up shortly on all major podcast platforms. Thank you so much. Have a good night.